You are listening to the Wodown. This is the Wodown, a podcast from the Women's Organisation. I'm Kate Riley James, and I'm back today chatting about National Careers Week. I'm joined by Hannah Farrell. She's 22 from Liverpool and has an incredible career already um, that I'm sure you're going to love hearing about. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. I've had a busy morning. We've got a bit of sunshine in Liverpool this morning, haven't we? I know. I feel like I'm in a greenhouse in my room at the minute. Like, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> she's moved all her plants yeah all her plants over into the sunshine to soak up a little bit of, uh, of vitamin d there so that's what you yeah, want to do when you're working from home making the, a little office all nice this is it we've had to adapt haven't we i think if there's been an overriding theme over the last year it, it's got to be about adapting isn't it and uh you know being able to crack on now no nobody i know has probably adapted more than you um in your day job so just tell us a little bit about about what you do and where you are in your career at the moment Yes, so I'm a freelance radio producer um, and I currently work um, predominantly with Baba Media. So that's obviously Radio City. Then your bigger stations, like I've currently started with Kiss FM back in January, which is on a big big national level. And um, it's just brilliant. So in Radio City, I um, helped produce the breakfast show. So that was with Leanne and Dave, then Leanne Mm -hmm. and Scott. I also was on our beloved City Talk case that you treasure in our hearts so much. (laughs) And then more recently with uh, Grace's Hitch Radio as well with um, Rossi which is just so much fun and then yeah in back in January really excitingly I started on Kiss FM which is huge big um, national broadcaster but I think the most interesting part about adapting is I'm doing that from my childhood bedroom so I've produced some radio shows which are going out to millions basically per week and I'm doing it in the same bedroom I've lived in for 22 years of my life uh, in Liverpool miles away from everybody mm. and that's just how much you've had to adapt basically um, and COVID especially has made me have to adapt ridiculous obviously the main Mm. one is talking about that remote setting not being in a studio anymore I actually Mm -hmm. haven't met some of my presenters face to face (laughs) wow where normally you'd be bouncing off each other having bouncing every day like the presenter producer like relationships normally like us against the world type of thing yeah yeah I haven't met some of my face to face like it's voices every day meeting each other that way I've um haven't met any of my colleagues I kiss face to face that I've been working there since January wow. now mm. so it's adapted in that way in the sense that you've got to make yourself heard when you haven't met anybody and you're miles mm. away and not being cast aside but then another thing as well I was freelance so I mm. wasn't covered in furlough I didn't get any of that help at all I fell into that unfortunate bracket of PAE basically I'm going to pay as you earn tax codes yes even yeah. though I'm basically don't not contracted to one employer so mm. I couldn't get furloughs but I also couldn't get a self-employed grant and I fell into that loophole so last year I then also had to adapt and teach myself a whole new batch of skills from home and start doing digital content producing as well on the side wow. just because it was the my skills are in media and mm-hmm. In, in creating content in some way, but because the main way that I could do that was taken away from me in the studio, I've sort of yeah. dip into everything in the past year. Oh, that's incredible. And it's such such a lot to throw at anybody, I think, at, at any age, isn't it? I think if you, you know, if you come to, if you look at digital skills and just think, oh my goodness, no, this is not for me. You know, it, it's it's a really, really scary time, isn't it? You know, to have to be able to, to put yourself out there. And um, it brings me on to a great first question. 
how much um, does does confidence play a part in your role? Oh, massively. I I think the main thing for me, what I the first time I felt like right, I've got to take on this confident persona mm. is when I used to work on Radio City Talk. There'd be a lot of times where you'd have people involved in sports of Everton and Liverpool, or as mm. you know, we had a lot of councillors in, had like uh, the Metro Mayor come in, people like that, and it was the um surprise in their face when I was the person who walked round to go and greet them and bring them into the studio. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of time people assumed I was just work experience so it was like right okay I've got to like make my presence known now okay mm-hmm. I am young but this is my role basically but mm-hmm. then another time as well it dawns on me this is probably about only about six months into um, my career a lot of the people I work on with have been doing this job before I was even born and mm-hmm. now I'm coming into a setting where I have to talent manage them mm-hmm. that's you've got to have a like balls to do that basically (laughs) before you were born so to come in and basically not try and be that typical kids that you see in films like oh here's the young kid coming in yeah yeah it was like making sure I weren't doing that basically but Mm. then and I think the main one for me I've actually found it more daunting in this past year of having to sell yourself and be confident Mm. over a 30 minute zoom than face to face face to face you can work into it you can sort of sense how confident Mm. you've got to be around a certain person whereas over when you get in sent a zoom invite you have no clue and you've got 30 minutes to impress somebody and sort yeah. of show you know what you're talking about so I think that's been the one where I've sort of had to be like oh, right okay deep breath get into zooms and everything yeah so we're... <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it must be so daunting I mean I, I don't know about you when, when we did a lot of these zoom calls and we've been recording this this podcast series over the last week or so and obviously the way that we've been chatting to each other as well you know through them as organization um you know, even though I've only very recently joined, I know that the rest of the extended team, you know, have been checking in with daily Zooms and that type of thing. And it's easy to just even overthink what you can see in the background behind you, because it's not just a normal interview setting, is it, you know, um, and, and, to, and to what to wear. And I mean, you know, I've um, I've delivered some training uh, over the, the last few months and things as well uh, with students. And I've often wondered if I asked them to stand up, how many of them would actually be wearing pyjama bottoms or something <laughs> similar. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's funny to think that um you know that you're just oh gosh you know everything's got to be perfect it's got to be like this you know but we are all still human behind this digital interface um and I think you know if you can draw the confidence to be able to say okay this is me I'm going to go for this I know you know I know I can do this job or you know I know I can make the most of this opportunity whatever it is um and it, and it happens to be through zoom or teams or or skype or what have you you know is to not really overthink those other things, you know, and to, and to have the confidence, in, like you've said, as to how you portray yourself. Um, you, you've kind of answered this question a little bit already um, in that how you've had to adapt your skills, uh, which is already a, 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 an impressive skill set. I mean, there's not very many, you know, you, you can't just turn up in a, into a, an editing suite or into a recording studio and just know what to do. So for you to say that you, you've had to adapt your skills as well to be able to manage you know, through that that terribly difficult period that we that we've been through, um, how important is it then to continue your learning your learning journey as well as your career? Oh, massively! I th- this year has been the biggest reminder of that. But for me, especially, so I'm dyslexic and dyspraxic and got ADHD mm-hmm. as well, basically. So for me, having to sit in my bedroom and try and learn different mm-hmm. things just to keep up and make sure that I'm not falling victim to the um, the backlash of the pandemic and being one to miss out on the job. Mm-hmm 
I saw it was such a rewarding thing that I said so I had for four months last year that I really struggled getting any work it was really really hard but in that time I was like right it's changing all the time so I sat there taught myself how to do graphics I taught myself the ins and outs of photoshop literally anything I could to Mm. put on my cv that I could do Mm. I did it and then that helped me so much going forward because as much as we don't like to hear it every single media organization if they can find somebody who can get rid of another person being there unfortunately they will it's all about cost cutting so the biggest thing for me is that I've realized even though my my predominantly my job is audio and working in that Mm -hmm. capacity the fact that video editing and everything and because I can do that that's become such an asset to me for employers so I think it's sort of now made me so much more aware if something else comes out that I feel like okay that's something that'll be desired I'm on it straight away i TikTok, for example, I think that's the biggest one for somebody working in media. Yeah, definitely. I, I do. I still like. I don't use it that often, but it's such a big thing. And then I looked for um, audio producer jobs with certain um, media organisations. It was saying must be familiar with growing a large scale TikTok platform. Oh. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> so it's even little things like that now. I'm just trying mm. to keep basically aware of everything because mm. I, it benefits me so much. So even if it is just teaching yourself it, I think I'm yeah. always going to do that now as good practice going forward after the past year. Yeah, definitely. Tell us a little bit about your about your route into your first job then. So it wasn't actually your answer to my question, which we put out on a poll on the Women's Org. Uh, get involved in the conversation at the Women's Org on uh, Twitter. Um, we've had some really interesting responses to this during this week. What did you want to be, Hannah, when you were a kid, when you were at school? An archaeologist. An archaeologist. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the mummy or something when you were a bit younger or you know what? I just I feel like history was the first lesson in school I was good at so amazing I was just like there we go archaeology and history that'll do me but I was saying to you before it's because there was nothing to do with media in my school so yeah this big shiny thing that I always used to ask questions about I always asking my mum and dad about things behind the scenes on telly and radio and they were like I don't know do you know what I mean yeah. like oh, I was really the answer to that <laughs> because I had no like means of that in school teaching mm. me basically I just went for something else that I was interested in it only until like uni came up basically yeah. change but mine's actually quite a different route to you a lot of the time you meet people who work in my industry and they're like okay I always knew since I was little used to do things with community radio and all that completely I so I did um, audio music production at John Moore's uni. I didn't apply for that. I went in on clearing. I found out two weeks before that I was going in to do that. Ah. In the game plan at all. It was just that I I really surprised myself with my A levels, completely folded off the bag. So I was like, that sounds interesting. It was on the clearing list. And I literally just rang off John Moore's and they were like, yeah, start in two weeks. Like it's not the same. <laughs> plans on thing that I wanted to do all my life and then once I got into uni me um one of the first modules I did was radio and podcasting mm. and I just fell in love with it immediately and it was only a 12 week module and mm. I found from that I just couldn't escape how much I loved it so much because it's always, it's always been so 
predominant in my life like in my house when I was younger even now my parents would never have to tell you on the day it's always been radio if I try mm. and speak to me mum at half 10 in the morning when pop master's on she'll kill me basically <laughs> so it just went from there but then I was really fortunate so I got put in touch with Lizzie Doyle who was obviously mm-hmm. just at the Anfield draft yeah friends of women's dog as well yeah, yeah so um, I got put in touch with Lizzie when I was in my second year of uni and she basically invited me along to um come and have like a show around day in Radio City Talk basically mm-hmm. and um Lizzie then sort of said to me do you want to keep coming in with me once a week basically and originally like I was getting cuppers I was going to get a guest on the list yeah. but then that turned into Lizzie teaching me how to edit interviews in a certain way showing me around the software and it slowly became that I just started covering for Lizzie then basically mm-hmm. and then I remember having this like big massive fear when she told I went in on my Friday shift or like hi <laughs> and she told me she was leaving um Radio City to get the Anfield wrap and I remember being like oh, that's it then I won't be able to keep coming in here yeah. but I sort of just kept myself around and from there I ended up becoming uh, the main cover for Radio City Breakfast so at this point I was actually still in uni so I was producing breakfast of the morning so getting up at half three in the morning producing a <laughs> breakfast show and then going to uni and going to lectures <laughs> and doing wow. my dissertation and everything um, so it was such a, a mismatchy route really but mm. then yeah it just sort of spiral from me being there in city making cups of tea so basically they've never been able to get rid of me to this day basically <laughs> I still cover in there all the time and freelance for them <laughs> yeah so it started up making cuppers in my childhood station <laughs> amazing it's also a, a, another uh, amazing and there's no other word for it really it isn't it's an, another incredible story um, of women helping women up in an industry you know that, that isn't that easy to break yeah. into you and know it, and, and there aren't that many opportunities well that's how I thought it was great the other day as well so obviously you know we do stuff together in the blue room and stuff we like do, that yeah, and podcasting. it was really funny on Sunday morning so I got asked to go on five live and talk about yes. the documentary. as I'm on five live they say on the introductions we've got Hannah Farrell and Lizzie Doyle Lizzie oh. my first <laughs> that's so funny it came full circle that I'm now as a guest of her on something I just thought that's so nice oh it is yeah especially for a local story so you said there that clearing played a big part in in how your path has has come along and and the uh, the steps that you've taken in your journey so far if you take it back a little bit then back down to to, um you know just before your a-levels or or around sixth form time was there such a thing as defined career advice when you were at school I feel no I'm just gonna put out there there wasn't at all Mm. I remember sort of showing that I was maybe better with the practical stuff and Mm -hmm. the first thing I think it was sort of because it was on the school the first thing I got pushed towards was like oh if you looked into engineering and okay I ended up doing a form of engineering engineering, but they were like that was the only solution basically for mm. me not wanting to do like in, like not being like great at like English and stuff like that that mm. was like the main thing but to be honest with you my um path in school was another very mismatched one I actually ended up moving school when I was in year 10 because basically I had dyslexia nobody figured out that I had dyspraxia and mm-hmm. ADD as well that went completely whole, uh, unnoticed until I got to uni and the second wow. lecturers met me they were like and sent me to go and get um, actually assessed properly. Mm. But I went all the way through school without it. So I fell like victim to that. And basically in my school, you had like a pathway one and a pathway two once you got into year nine. Mm-hmm. Pathway one, you were pushed to do everything higher 
uh, triple science, everything. I got put on pathway two and fell victim to that. Mm. I was in foundation for everything and BTEC science. Mm. And it forced to do things like PA that I weren't interested in. So I actually took it upon myself to move school. And I went to a school and ended up doing higher and everything. And it's incredible. Science and everything. And it's mm. only from there I sort of just started trying to look into things myself because of that because I already was like only like what 14 and was annoyed mm. because I'd already just been told because I was a bit loud and like messed around a bit because obviously I had issues that nobody had picked yeah, up so for me, I, I didn't it was never that like actual advice at all mm. really um no yeah. so, and then it was and then it was quite the same in a level it was I feel like they used to have careers advice and stuff, but I feel like it was just always a tick and box exercise. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. it was ever personal. And I know it's hard when you've got, like I went to a sixth form, which was very big mm. um, because it was attached to one of the biggest comp schools and there's sad, I get that. But I just always felt like it was never personal at all, mm. really. And it was just always looking for the, like, teacher stuff like that it was never yeah those like 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 traditional routes yeah Mm. I just didn't feel like anything exciting was ever offered and then when I look now like when I've been in Radio City the amount of schools you see coming in actually Mm -hmm. when we could obviously have people in the station coming in and having them days with people I was like that's so crazy because my school never went to any of these places Mm. so it was just like how do you even begin to get into something like that because you're just never shown it by school I think the I think some of the the chats that we've had um, on the podcast series this week is that we've realised just how important that that um, uh, kind of exposure is, you know, to be able to say, you know, look, these are the possibilities. And, and we've just been saying there be, before we started uh, filming, funnily enough, is that um, careers advice at school level, maybe we were maybe we were just asking the wrong questions or maybe we should have been asking the questions, you know, and if you switch it around, which is very much a, a the way that, that we look at it at the women's organisation is, what you know what do you need you know or should we have been asking as students what are the options you know as opposed to there you know they will sit you down and go all right well you know we're very similar that you know we're probably very loud at school oh you know you'll be suited to go and do this because you're loud somebody yeah. told me on a podcast earlier this week um that, that she'd written down on a on a, a questionnaire that she um uh, that a friend rather was interested that she loved cooking she loved baking right well you should be a chef and she'd written down that she loved to read that would that was her you know her one yeah. hobby right well you should be a librarian and it's so old hat now isn't it <laughs> so so it's just funny isn't it like that's it. it it was like no one ever dug a bit deeper yeah it was, it was just like okay that's your first response do and this x it. y and z it was mm. never like as you said like bringing in your hobbies and stuff to it as well mm. like I don't shut up now my job's structured around talking and speech yep. perfect <laughs> but nobody would have found that out for me do you know what I mean and yeah. I know, I know it's, you've got to be independent yourself now I completely mm. get that but I think the only time I ever got exposed to that was when I was in uni and mm-hmm. in my uni I thought was brilliant for that yeah very small course only about 20 of us but they were brilliant in doing that that's really good so realistically then that that kind of that guidance came a little bit later on and that's something that we're really interested in exploring as well this idea of career careers advice not necessarily being just about school leavers you know or, or you know even um, you know younger people at, at 16 never mind 18 but also because of because of the pandemic um and because of the effects of that and furlough and job losses and you know all those, those awful things that have affected people uh, and women in particular um who are struggling 
with childcare options, with the schools being open, then they're closed. And, you know, and it's caused so many, um, so many knock on effects. Is this idea of careers advice in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s you know, and, and beyond? There's no there's no specific time where you have to choose that pathway and have to stick to it. You know, that traditional notion of you come through school, you maybe, you know, get some qualifications and then you start in a career and that is your allotted career. That's yes. you. That's you done. So do you think Hannah, at 22, you know, with, with so much still to explore at 22, do you feel that you would benefit from careers advice maybe later in your 20s, maybe 10 years down the line? 100% I've even actually said this more recently but I think that's also plays mm. into the fact that I'm freelance this sure. is something that I've echoed to hire up people when you're freelance especially in a job like mine a lot of the time you're getting booked to come and cover for something to come mm -hmm. for a specific thing and I fell through the gap a lot in the past three years of not getting any extra training mm -hmm. My, because I'm coming in and I've got to go in work at different presenters on different stations different target audience completely but because of the work the nature that I work mm. basically it minds I've just got to come in and do the job basically yeah. so I've even echoed this more recently that I feel like I need some more I don't, mm -hmm. don't know what it is but I feel like even though I'm not a full-time employee in these companies it would benefit me so much yeah. if freelancers especially women were getting that sort of yeah. like uh, I, don't, I feel like I, there's no progress tracking as well mm -hmm. of it why it can be more difficult in these like self-employed freelance jobs mm -hmm. so I would benefit from it so much more but I am um, there's a lot of women who I really look up to in my industry mm. and it's there it's very few and far between I will say that it's only in recent years that these are these big influential women and I actually watched a seminar with them the other day and they talked about very much about this point saying yeah. that they all a lot of them actually made this change in their 40s to go into a different role because they wanted that fear of it back basically of yeah. not just doing the same thing forever so I think that's another thing as well that it's actually on all levels of mm -hmm. women in the industry it seems to be that I like people like women in the 40s uh going and trying to throw them into self into something else because they've just been stuck doing the same thing yeah I think um, I think if there's one lesson that we've that we've all learned um you know in in one form or another um during the the pandemic um and, may, and maybe just as women as well I think it's it's maybe fair to say it's it's got to be resilience I haven't spoken to anybody you know who who can't even if it's in a roundabout, probably quite self-depreciating kind of way, uh, demonstrated th their resilience during this pandemic, whether it's home homeschooling's been a massive one, you know, whether it's switching up their career, you know, because they, they still want to achieve and they don't just want to get by, they want to do better than that. Um, uh, you know, and so many women and, you know, clients who've come through the women's organisation in particular, who've launched businesses during a global Amazing. pandemic. I mean, that's off the scale, isn't it, in terms of being inspirational. Uh, and like you've just been explaining there, you know, your connections with, with Lizzie um, at Radio City and the, and the Anfield Wrap there, it's helping each other along. And that in itself is a massive confidence boost is knowing that, you know, all right, we're, you know, we're, that, that overreaching statement of we're all in this together. No, but we're, we're all going in the same direction, you know, being able to help somebody else up. Um, you know, with with you know, with confidence or learning digital skills or Definitely. you know, knowing just how to set your, your, your yourself up so you can get that interview that you really want that you know you don't want to wait until it's in person. Definitely, and you, another key person for that for me, a very strong Scouse woman is Leanne Campbell. Yes, yeah. Leanne, she's a really close personal friend now, which I'm made up about. But Leanne, like 
the first time I went in to like do experience in a show, I was like a mouse because I was so scared. <laughs> now, because seeing a, a scouse woman with so much confidence, just being a funny self and be completely unapologetic for me, unapologetic yeah. for it. She's one of the most like most inspiring people that I've ever been around, Leanne. And she's somebody you'll always like help so much here. Same with Lizzie. She always tries to give me so yeah. much advice and stuff when even if I haven't seen it for ages with the pandemic that happens, it was like, yeah. oh, I've got this job interview coming up and the how much you helps and really mm-hmm. like put so like gives you so much confidence behind you, like it tips on everything. Cause obviously she's worked with so many men for giggles but has always been that strong female voice who Mm. the men have been structured around basically because of how talented she is so she's been another huge one for me that I just like when people say like to me and this is like when I'm working with like national brands and everything they're like oh who's your broadcast inspiration and all that I say like Mm -hmm. oh well mine's got to go back to like I used to listen to Leanne on my way to school when I was younger and then went on to and then produce her show and friends of that and she's just the person who's given me the most confidence basically mm. because like being like uh, it's not beat around the bush I've got a very strong accent and being like that in my industry and being yeah. a woman as well you can have its downfalls of course it can so she's given me that sort of confidence to be like no I'm Scouse I've got a big personality mm. but I know my stuff basically yeah I think that's such an important point as well it, you know it's something that we've not really touched on this week but it's that it, it's identifying with somebody yeah. that you identify with another woman you know who who sounds that yeah like you've said you know accent regional accent are such a um you know I think it's such a gift and I think from a media point of view especially national media it's not something like it's only in recent years that we've heard like a Welsh news reporter you know on mainstream news you know or you know even our regional um news uh, reporters are still a little bit clipped you know they're not quite you know like definitely kind of you know from a certain region apart from our lovely weatherman on BBC of course um but I think yeah oh he's so lovely and his suit (laughs) oh he's so fab but again you know it, it's that identification that I think it's so important you know to be able to just say oh gosh you know well if, if that's somebody who sounds like me you know and is completely themselves and I think that also comes down to authenticity as well that's something that I love about Leanne and the same as you always have done is that she's just herself the Leanne that you hear on the radio or in your earphones is the Leanne that you will meet in, in, exactly. in real life and it's so important yeah. um so my second to last question for you is we will have plenty of, of young women, actually, and women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, who are maybe thinking, do you know what? Hannah's so passionate. You can hear it in your voice. This will come across definitely in your earphones or however you're listening to the podcast. I want a bit of that. What would be your one bit of advice for getting started in media? Oh, for getting started in media. I think it's basically not feeling like you have to know absolutely everything. If you've got certain parts of media that you're passionate about, that that'll get you through, basically. Mm-hmm. One, if you know your stuff about the type of media that you consume, that's what you need to get started, basically. And the biggest one for me is you always think like, oh, unless there's a job advertised, that's it. There's nothing gabbing. Mm-hmm. Majority of the things that I've got, basically, has been from email and networking. Mm-hmm. And, and especially with women, I've always found that, okay, it might take a while for someone to get back to you, but somebody will always try the hardest to get back to you. Because somebody, mm-hmm. like, you know yourself, if somebody if comes to you and asks advice, it's a very humble thing. Oh, without a doubt. Comes to you. Mm-hmm. So that's what I found mm-hmm. um, with my route into media. There was a point where I think... I had a quite easy affair with being in city, getting trained there, 
then getting a job there that I was sort of in this bubble and then once the pandemic hit, I was like right okay I've got to get out of this bubble now where mm. I know these people they're all looking out for me if something's coming up they put me towards it mm. so even in just the past year in my like own progression in media getting to know more people out of this little Merseyside bubble main thing for me was Twitter knowing who's out there basically yeah and sharing your interest on these platforms as well I think that's the main thing but yeah for me as you say a lot of people say to me when they speak to you you can hear me passion coming through yeah if you love a certain part of media whether that be radio whether that be podcasting whether that be your sport digital content anything if you can talk about how you enjoy that then somebody will always want to help you then progressing it that's what I found anyway and you can if you so my passion starts off with music and radio but once you're in and have an understanding about stuff Mm. you then have the time later on to add on these other things it Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be this big overwhelming thing that writes okay to get a job I've got to be able to do absolutely everything and show I know everything it's not at all you will always learn other stuff as it comes because as I said before people will do have more and more requirements but it's not to be scared about basically get out there take your first step this is my favorite question of the podcast for this week for national careers week if you could swap your career with anybody anybody in the world who would it be and why oh you know what i'm gonna <laughs> stick with media if that's okay <laughs> because that is my bug and that's what I love but you know what and this is probably the confidence thing Sarah Cox I would absolutely love to be that woman and have the ability to tell stories in such a way or just have that to make listeners feel like your friends and to just like for for the pandemic I've just thought she's just been absolutely incredible uh just being a friendly voice to me she like sums Mm -hmm. up like what like that personal touch that radio gives over any other form of media Mm -hmm. so I think being able to have that ability because she's not your typical London voice at all and I think that's what I love so I think Sarah would probably be my biggest one really because she's sort of someone to envy and although I do the other side of stuff she's the one person who makes you think like well I like to gab to people and talk about like silly stories sometimes and be able to do it the way she does amazing that's a great role model especially when it's like from somebody within your industry as well I mean like it's such an unsettling question that isn't it really could be literally anybody (laughs) we've had some great answers over the week as well um including one one of our uh one of our lovely trainers Susan who was absolutely desperate to be a blue peter cameraman that's cameraman because that's what we thought that the role was called um when she's uh, when she was a youngster she just said oh yeah if she could swap with anybody she'd love to go on one of those adventures and get herself a little blue peter badge but we're on our way han it's going to be a good 2021 i think it's a really good time for opportunity definitely i feel like now even most places because we've all been sat at home everyone's hungry to do something exciting now so i think everyone's gonna like bring on june where we can all hopefully fingers crossed Mm. go out and put all these exciting things that we want to do oh this is it and we will be so ready uh we've got so much more to come for national careers week here on the woe down from the women's org thank you so much hannah we will speak to you again soon thank you (laughs) 